tonight on the Cat Scare Podcast, we're going to be talking about the Evil Dead franchise, and I will eat your soul. Welcome to the Cat Scare Podcast. The podcast you just know is going to jump out of that broom closet. My name's Campbell. I'm Michael. And we're here We're, we're here to talk about horror movies. Um, one of my favorite topics. Both big horror movie nuts. Him more so than me. I'm a little lazy. I'm going to bring Michael into the horror nut world. I want him to his nuts to be so full of horror he can't even walk. Big, scary nuts. Big, scary, sweaty nuts. So, we're here to talk about um, any horror movie, good, bad, ugly, it does not matter. But we decided for our first show, we're going to talk about one we both truly love, even though we disagree on which is better, um, and that is the Evil Dead franchise. We'll be looking at the, the first one, the very first one, The Evil Dead, and the 2013 remake uh, by... Fetty Alvarez. So... We do have differing opinions. However, I would like to say that all these movies are great. They're yeah. both amazing. Yeah. So, um, I guess what we need to start with is is the original Evil Dead. Um, Sam Raimi directed it. It it has sparked a ton of uh, copycats and really brought the cabin in the woods type of movie to the forefront, um, as well as some very interesting like camera angles. It was it's pretty intense. For when, of- when was that made? 1981. 1981. So that's Sam Raimi's first true movie with a budget. Um, And uh, he created some really neat techniques that people still use today. Um, And you can see those influences through a lot of pop culture, uh, horror TV shows, movies, whatever. Uh, They're even making a game out of it, a a video game, which would be pretty neat. Let's talk about the original Evil Dead. Do you want to read the plot? I can read the plot. Let's read yeah, the plot. Okay. You read the plot. So, we're just going to go through the plot a little bit um, and, and then talk about some of our favorite scenes. It starts off five Michigan State University students, Ash Williams, his girlfriend Linda, his sister Cheryl, their friend Scott, and Scott's girlfriend Shelly vacation in an isolated cabin in rural Tennessee. Approaching the cabin, the group notices the porch swing move on its own, but suddenly stop as Scott grabs the doorknob. While Cheryl draws a picture of a clock, the clock stops, and she hears a faint, demonic voice tell her to join us. Join us. And see, that was another really cool thing about the Evil Dead. Um, they play with sound, and I, I, from what I read, that Sam Raimi did a lot of those voices that uh, you he- hear. He is the voice yeah, of yeah. the Evil Dead. And, um, you know, throughout the series, you would hear those voices, but, like, later in the Army of Darkness, that really wasn't part of it. But the remake itself even did that occasionally. You can hear laughter. You can hear him say things um, in the background, especially during some of the, the more intense, like, but quiet moments. Um, when a cellar trapdoor flies open during dinner... Shelly, Linda, and Cheryl remain upstairs as Ash and Scott investigate the cellar. They find the Natorum de Monto. Is that right? Can we call Natorum it? Natorum de Monto. Can we call it the Necronomicon from now on? No. Okay. A Sumerian version. No, the, the, Go exactly, ahead. That's a Sumerian version okay. of the Egyptian book, See, which yeah. is the Necronomicon. The, the Egyptian book of the dead. See, I did not know that. Along with an archaeologist tape recorder, and they take the items upstairs. Scott plays a tape of incantations that resurrect a demonic entity. Cheryl yells for Scott to turn off the tape recorder, and a tree branch breaks one of the cabin's windows. Um, During the reading of that, I I think that's when you started seeing the, I guess that was that trademark rush with the camera towards um, the cabin. And uh, what they did was I think they strapped a camera onto two-by-fours and ran and sped up the film a little bit. Um, yeah. which is an awesome effect. Um, so, later that evening, an agitated Cheryl goes into the woods to investigate strange noises, where she is attacked and raped by a demonically possessed tree, which is one of the main 
images people think about when they think of the Evil Dead. You could say that she got wood. She got wood, for sure. I'd hate to pull those splinters out. But just like in the remake as well, that's part of it. That's a, the way the initial demonic possession starts. When she manages to escape and returns to the cabin, bruised and anguished, Ash agrees to take her back into town, only to discover that the bridge and the cabin have been destroyed, um, which happens in Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and the remake. Cheryl panics as she realizes that they are now trapped, and the demonic entity will not leave them alone. Back at the cabin, Ash listens to more of the tape, learning that the only way to kill the entity is to dismember a possessed host. As Linda and Shelley play spades, Cheryl correctly calls out the cards, succumbs to the entity, and levitates. In a raspy, demonic voice, she demands to know why they disturbed her sleep and threatens to kill everyone. She stabs Linda in the ankle with a pencil and throws Ash into a shelf. Scott knocks Cheryl into the cellar and locks her inside. So, uh, I want to stop here and talk about, like... Okay, so one of my big drawbacks from the original The Evil Dead is... It is essentially a student film. Yeah. Okay? And and I get it. I, I'm all about that. That's neat. I love it. But I have... I do have issues with some of the makeup effects, creature effects, and some of the other special effects that are done. I know that this is done on the fly mostly, and these are done by people that are not necessarily pros at the moment, but I guess part of that draws me out of the movie. See, if anything, that it draws me in. I love the makeup, and I love the, the practical effects. I mean, I, lo- I love the, the remix effects as well. Yeah. But you know, but there's something like, and we'll get more into it. But the the remake is a lot of blood, yes. While it's like the original had a lot of gore, a lot of like it's like there's muscle and you see everything tearing apart uh, instead of just like blood fountains everywhere. The another thing that the original has that the remake does not have is levity. It's it's got humor. It's 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 even though, and don't get me wrong, the Evil Dead is a brutal movie. It has something behind it that the re- remake did not do, which was just a little bit of fun, a little bit of laughter, and um, especially in the second and um, Army of Darkness, they get very funny. So like that is a big. But see, I, I guess I've never been one of those people that like. Okay, let's say you like a band, right? Uh, you know, the band, you had not even heard of them, but I really like them. They're really great. Uh, uh, okay, I, I bought both their independent albums. They're amazing. Okay, oh, they signed to a record deal with a major oh, label. Sellouts. Oh, bunch of sellouts. Oh, man, this is overproduced garbage. Never been like that. I love production. Like, give me more production. Give me more, <laughs> more glitz. And I know that this movie would have never even been made at the time by a big studio, but the remake showed what it what it could be had it not had it been able to. Everyone fights about what to do. Shelley becomes paranoid upon seeing Cheryl's demonic transformation. She lies down in her room, but is drawn to look out her window, where a demon, once again using that camera technique, crashes through the attack and attacks her. Shelley becomes a deadite and attacks Scott. Michael, what is a deadite? Well, I actually don't remember them being called deadites in the first movie. I, I don't think. even think they've been were called a deadite in the second movie, but I could be wrong. They they were called deadites really? in the second movie. I, guess I, I remember in the tape recording. I mean, a deadite. It's just like a reanimated, possessed, evil version. Uh, of a human is getting yeah. hijacked yeah. by something. Basically, gets mutilated and tortures other people and tortures themselves. Um, okay, Scott. Okay, so she becomes a deadite and attacks Scott. Before he manages to throw her into a fireplace, Shelley attacks Scott again, and Scott stabs her in the back with a Sumerian dagger, apparently killing her. And and in the original Evil Dead, they would vanish in a vapor of smoke. Which is okay, I guess. Um, <laughs> never mind. This it didn't happen. Then I was wrong. Apparently, killing her when she reanimates, Scott dismembers her with a axe. Yeah, this is the axe scene. Um, 
And like this is like when you see this, did you think before you watched the whole movie, did you think like Scott would be like the hero? Because Ash Ash in this is actually just like I gotta get the hell out of here. He wasn't necessarily the most heroic hero either. Well, he's never been yeah, and the that's, most heroic yeah. hero, and I, I think that Ash still has a lot of charm. He's not the badass that he is in later films, but. Yeah. But he's still out for himself in those later films. But I think part one of the good things about this first movie is I didn't... When I saw it, I didn't think anyone in particular uh, deserved being the hero role. I mean, Scott appears to be that way, but, uh, you know, anybody could... Any of them could die. Any of them could be taken over. Yeah, which I think that's why I like the, the actual franchise. Because cause of what could happen to anybody at any time. You know, in the second movie, uh, Ash gets turned into a Deadite, uh, I think, twice, and he ends up fighting it away, which I think that shows who Ash is as a yeah, character. He cuts off his whole hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, like I said, but he's, Ash, for a hero, is only out for himself, and he's trying to get himself safe, which I think is great, because I think we all would be like that in that situation. So Scott dismembers her with an axe and buries the remains. Shaken by the experience, he leaves to find a way back to the to town. He shortly returns mortally wounded from a possessed tree and dies while warning Ash that the trees will not let them escape alive. When Ash checks on Linda, he is horrified to find that she has become possessed. She attacks him, but he stabs her with the Sumerian dagger. Unwilling to dismember her, he buries her instead. She revives and attacks him, forcing him to decapitate her with a shovel and retreat to the cabin. So in the beginning of the movie, uh, um, Ash gives her, what, that necklace, right? That's like, yeah. uh, that plays a, a big role in, 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 the, in the first and second movie. Um, and then uh, there's a little hidden spot in the remake where you see the necklace that her brother gives her rolled out like a skull, just like in the first one so i thought yeah 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 as i going back and watching them and then watching the remake you see those little hidden things you know like the car the the vehicle they drive you see that in the backyard of the remake yeah um however (laughs) while he was unwilling to dismember this girlfriend in the second movie he had no problem (laughs) he said nope not happening (laughs) yeah no problem doing it back inside ash discovers that oh wait that that was the same girl that was the same. Was girl. it the same girl? It was a different actress. Yeah, yeah, it's, but it's but still the supposed... same character. Well, remember the beginning of Evil Dead Two is a retelling. Yeah, of retelling the first of it, movie. but still, like it was like, it was like a sped up version where he's like, "No, I'll decapitate you." Yeah. Um, back inside, Ash discovers that Cheryl has escaped the cellar. Cheryl manages to elude Ash for a period of time, culminating in her attempting to choke Ash. Ash manages to escape her grasp and then shoot Cheryl in the jaw. As Ash is barricading the door, Scott reanimates into a deadite. Scott attacks Ash and inadvertently knocks the Naturum de Monto mm-hmm. close to the fireplace. A- Ash gouges Scott's eyes out and pulls a tree branch from Scott's stomach, causing him to bleed out and fall on the ground. Cheryl breaks through the barricade and knocks Ash to the floor. As Scott and Cheryl continue to attack Ash, on the ground Ash manages to grab the Naturum de Monto and throws it into the fireplace. While the book burns, the deadites freeze in place then begin to rapidly decompose. Large appendages burst from both corpses covering ash and blood, which is a staple of Sam Raimi's versions. Like, just right. let's see just if we can pour blood all over everybody. Buckets and buckets Buckets and buckets. Uh, high-powered hoses of blood, um, which is like another part of the humor that he kind of has. Dawn breaks and ash stumbles outside. As Ash walks away from the cabin, an unseen entity moves rapidly through the forest, rushes through the cabin, and attacks him from behind. Why don't we want to talk about the Evil Dead, the original? Well, what what was your what was your favorite scene or favorite? Part? I I still find myself more drawn to the it, the woods attack scene in this one. Um, the one in the remake is rough. Um, but I think that that was a, a really well done effect, and um, how they were able to show that the you 
can't you're not safe you're not safe inside you're definitely not safe outside it changes in some of them and the second one it's not it's they're more outside at what the sun comes and then they stop um, in this one it seems like there's no escape and I thought that that was probably one of the more effective scenes for me well for me it, it really is just the climax of the movie when Cheryl and Scott are attacking Ash and I mean you get like a, as you were reading there I was just imagining when he's gouging the eyes yeah, out yeah. and uh, like curded milk and milk blow, <laughs> blowing up her jaw and oh it's so bloody and do you, gory and do great. Do you think that, you know, had it been done by uh, another horror director who had money, would it would it have held the same reverence as as it does now? I, I think it would. I think have. so too, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I mean there's a great idea. I think it was very innovative for the time, having something that is so unpredictable something that's so un uh unforgiving to its audience like it it'll it held nothing back no it definitely did not it was a very it's a very fast and violent horror movie um and i don't think i don't think it can ever be replicated the same way again i I think that they made a you know they made a trilogy out of it they made the TV show out of it. The remake was really well done. Which I, I have not seen the TV Me show. Me neither, and I want to one day. But, like, I, it, Sam Raimi, to me, like, I've always enjoyed his movies. Um, uh, I loved all the Spider-Man movies, even the shitty third one um, with emo Peter Parker. I loved uh, Drag Me to Hell is one of my favorite horror movies. For a PG-13 movie, it's probably one of the best PG-13 horror movies. And I look forward to seeing what he does with the Doctor Strange movie. And uh, But he's also produced uh, a lot of good horror movies. Um, the Grudge remake, even though I'm sure you probably like... This is where Michael and I differ. The Grudge remake, which is a little glossier version of what came out in Japan. I, I freaking love that movie. I mean, that gave me nightmares. Uh, the, the one that some... I almost made a noise. Ah... Um, <laughs> the the one that came out in Japan, I I watched because I had to see the original, and it was not as effective. But, yeah, I'm the absolute opposite. Yeah, see, and that's and that's why it's good to have somebody here that that does enjoy those originals and those those original thoughts and ideas. Um, however, Ramy knew what to do. He hired the same director and creator of it to do it in English. I like I said, I still think. Evil Dead, The Evil Dead, 1981's The Evil Dead is one of the one of the best horror movies ever made. I still love the remake more. I disagree, <laughs> but I would love to to hear your your reasonings. Okay, let's talk about Evil Dead 2013. It was a um, in 2013. It was uh, uh, April April 5th, I think, is when it came out. Uh, I was working at a at a retail store in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, and all day, I all I could talk about is how I'm going to go see Evil Dead. <laughs> I was like, I was so pumped for this movie. Um, loved the trailer, liked the posters, and I just knew like this is from what I saw, this is going to be right up my alley. So me and a friend and my cousin go to it, and uh, I'm just enamored by this movie. I'm like, this is so wonderful, and it it really has become my favorite horror movie. Like, I, I love horror movies. I, I almost watch a horror movie every day. I bet I got Shudder. I, I mean, like, I, I love watching um, scary movies. Always have. But this movie hit me right in a good spot. I don't know what it, what it was or why, but we're going to try to unravel that a little bit. Evil Dead 2013. Um, it was produced by Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Um... And it was directed by Fetty Alvarez, who did the great Don't Breathe and the OK um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie. <laughs> it starts off, um, the film opens with a capture of a girl in the woods. It's got a cold open. Everybody loves cold opens. We, we love Breaking Bad. We love uh, drama on television. Who doesn't love a good cold open that leaves you going, what the fuck? I do, I do really like the opening yeah. of this movie. So the opening, you see this girl walking through the woods and you see people are after her uh, they take her 
Um, they put a hood over her head, and then, boom, you're in some kind of cellar with a, um, I guess, a Yiddish witch or something in the woods with, um, uh, I guess, hillbillies or whatever. They're, they're there to... Yeah, I don't, I don't really know... It's kind of like the... You ever seen Peter Jackson's uh, King Kong? No, I have not. Oh, they go... All the people, for some reason, they are so deformed... Yeah, <laughs> in this cellar and so weird looking. I'm not sure why I like it. Uh, well, I mean, I like it too because, uh, like, hey, who's gonna know how to take care of a demon that's uh, possessing my daughter? Oh, oh, uh, uh, retarded hillbillies. Yeah, sorry to use the hard R. Um, it's exceptional yeah, needs. Yeah, I mean that's that's how you have to describe it. The girl wakes up and she is tied to a post. Realizes. Once her hood's taken off, realize who's there. It's her father. And she's begging her father, please let me go. I just want to go home to mom. And dad goes, uh, you killed your mom, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <coughs> she goes, she goes, what? I would never do that. And when he starts dousing her with gasoline is when you see the entity at it, at its peak. And she's, <laughs> what? I forgot what she says, but she's like, I'm going to rape her in hell or something like that. And he sets her on fire, pulls a shotgun up, blasts her head off. Boom! Evil Dead. Big letters. Loud music. Good start. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Great opening. I mean, the the only reason that opening works so well is because of the legacy of the Evil Dead. Um, we know what we're going... Yeah. What we're getting when we go into seeing the movie. And so... There's no reason the first movie had that that feeling of you don't know what's gonna happen and that's when like the possessions and all the gore really catch you off guard. But the remake, we we know what we're getting, so might as well start off strong. Yeah, and, uh, and the and the tone is totally different. It's not. It's still there. There's still that part of Evil Dead you know, but the tone is just like amped up. It's like stronger. More powerful. Well, you need that amped up beginning. Yeah. So you can get through this middle slog. Yeah. This okay. Uh, and and that is, but that is character building. You have to build characters. Now they're not the best characters in the world, but you do have a couple of strong characters that well, are in there. Well, tell tell us about the characters. Uh, okay. So the next scene we we see is what we see in all a lot of horror movies: uh, overhead shot of a car driving in the woods. Um, after like a while. The Shining. Like The Shining, like uh, Doctor Sleep, like Us, like Get Out, I think, did it too. Um, after a long time, uh, David Allen and his girlfriend Natalie arrive at a cabin in the woods where they meet their younger sister, Mia, and her friends, Eric and Olivia. The group plan to stay in the cabin while Mia overcomes her addiction to heroin. That, okay, so that to me is a modern reason to bring people together in a secluded area and keep them there as well as also putting the blind eye to people someone acting crazy because of a heroin addiction withdrawals are rough some people say you you go through heroin withdrawals you might as well act like you might as well be possessed because you just will do anything you will vomit you'll freak out um, you'll shiver you will get hot you will do all that stuff and I think that's a really smart move to put that in there. Um, so, the cabin cellar, the same one in which the girl was immolated in, is littered with rotting animal corpses, a shotgun, and a book called the Naturan de Monto. So, um, during her um, beginning of her withdrawal, she smells, she's the only one that can smell the rotting corpses underneath the house. Yeah. Um, which is another good thing when, when you do that kind of stuff, your senses heighten. While the other people are just there to, to make sure she's okay. Um, and she wants the smell going, so they go down and find this, which I think is another homage to the original. Um, you know, albeit not as, like... The original, that, that underneath is a little bit more claustrophobic and cavernous. Yeah. Um, this one's a little bit more wide open. Eric... It's all, it's all just... It's all just an excuse... Yeah. So that they can... They can drag it out. Oh, there, there's nothing weird going on here. Yeah, except for uh, a cat it's scare. All, it's all... <laughs> see, there, see, it worked. 
<laughs> that's our thing we just scare yeah scare our audience yeah take that halfway through yeah whilst just hanging up on the raptor a cat oh god <laughs> okay um so they bring up all these items and they find this book wrapped in a trash bag and covered in barbed wire so just like any other human being what happens I gotta look at this fucking book yes this book's gotta be great. I wonder if I get like the like iTunes version of it. Would it would it have a digital wrapper? Put this on my Kindle Fire. Yeah. Can I put this book on my Kindle Fire? That's what I want to know. And and does it have like digital barbed wire? Um, so <clears throat> Eric, who has glasses, therefore studious, says I gotta check this thing out. So he cuts the barbed wire, unwraps the plastic while Mia is outside. Uh, going through her withdrawals in the rain, uh, freaking out like any you know junkie would do. Um, despite the written warnings inside the book, uh, Eric reads aloud the incantation and awakens the malevolent force. He he it says don't write, don't read, don't speak or something, <laughs> and he does it all because he's uh, he's yeah. studious and a yeah. dumbass. So, when he reads the incantations, there you see that trademark camera run. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more intense. Not uh, not Sam Raimi doing the voice, but you hear some things. Mia vomits, and then here's her name being called in the woods by a skinny, feminine form that kind of looks like her. Um, so, she freaks out. She sees the girl and goes to the group and begs to leave. Um, well, you're a junkie. Uh, we don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, we don't believe yeah. you, dude. Full of shit. Well, you want to do get a get a hit? You want to get a hit? And uh, she says, "No, there's a fucking demon trying to kill me." So they refuse, believing that she is experiencing withdrawal. Um, Mia takes Eric's car and leaves the cabin, but while driving, she sees a. It's this description says naked girl, but this thing is just like. I don't know. It's like ribs. It's like a girl's face and ribs and legs. But it's yeah. like stretched out. Like a Gumby version of herself. That, that's about right. Oh, it's, it's a normal girl. A, no, a normal girl with that, normal that, that is like girl. straight ribs and no genitalia. Once she sees the girl pop up, uh, she swerves in the car and it crashes into a tree. Mia exits the car and runs into the woods. Which is one of my favorite parts of the movie is where she like gets through this water. She's trudging through this water. Yeah. And she gets to the bank, hears something like her friends calling, and when she turns around, um, Ribs Girl pops out of the, <laughs> of the mud. Like I mean, it's like the best scene. I was like, oh god, what's well, that? That part where it's kind of zooming into her, it's but like also not zoom. yeah. zooming in. It had like all the background. It was moving. The, moving. the person stayed focused, but but the background sucking in. It's really yeah, it's a really yeah. cool camera effect. That was probably the the coolest shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, whole movie. gotta love. Like I said, that's why I, I like Fetty Alvarez. I think he's I think he's really good. Not to really trash talk the girl that got hung in the spider web, whatever movie. Uh, it just wasn't my favorite. But there was some really cool shots in there too. But Don't Breathe showed what he could do with his own original idea. I really liked it. So anyway, she gets into kind of like a, a barb, like a, a bush or thorns, um, just like in the original Evil Dead. This is a little bit more intense. Um, so the thorns start wrapping around her, pulls her up, um, hangs her up straight. Then um, Gumby Ribs Girl comes up. She uh, vomits a... a demon shit worm yeah i mean it's like a it's like a slug yeah like a shit slug um she just vomits the thing up and the shit slug crawls up mia's leg and then probably goes in her vagina cooch whatever uh, goes goes uh no it goes, goes out of the mouth and then the vagina yeah yes so and also can i say this about okay jane levy Le- okay not only is jane levy beautiful but she really, really like owns this movie. Um, she's a really good deadite, um, and her paranoia 
in the middle of this after this attack really sells the fear that you're in and this and really the horror that's about to happen to these unsuspecting people um oh yeah i mean she she's she plays all yeah all of it in this movie she's yeah. both both a, a recovering drug addict she's gotta be the the scared final girl yeah, uh, she's got to be possessed, and she's got to be a badass at the end. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's another reason I, I love her as a heroine, who's addicted to heroin. Um, I, I think she really, really embodied who like you thought that maybe one of the guys would become the Ash, but you know, such a good move. Like how, we all love our female uh, heroes in horror movies or slashers. I just thought that was a good move, and her really her character comes full circle. And, um, although if it was me and I had to live through that, I'd be like, I'm going to go get some heroin. This is horrible. <laughs> this is what happens when I get sober. Um, she's freaking out. And, and once, one of my favorite scenes of the movie is whenever David comes in and she's whispering to David, she's like, get me out of here. Yeah. It's like, it's like, Okay, and then, like, I think you see, uh, once she does that, David leaves, and I think you see the demon in the window, like, putting her fingers up like a V and going, la, la, la. <laughs> Something like that. It was freaky. Um, so, um, David is then outside in the woodshed, which, which you have to have a shed in all these movies. Uh, where else would you put your um, demon-killing chainsaws and, oh, yeah. and stuff? So, um uh, David finds that their dog, Grandpa, uh, which is the family dog of me and David, uh, has been stabbed and is dying. Um, immediately she blames, he immediately he blames Mia, rushes in. Well, Mia is in the throes of the demon and is beginning to take the world's hottest shower, um, which pops yeah. her skin. Um, I guess with demon power, that water heater got real hot. Um, so um, once they bust in, he freaks out, picks her up, says, I'm taking her out of here, gets in the car, and just like in all the other movies, cannot pass. The rivers overflow with all the rain, and they have to turn back around. Well, in, in this movie, it was flooding. Yes. In the first movie, literally the bridge is just gone. Yeah, ripped apart. Yeah. And in the second movie, it's a very tall bridge, and it's gone, too. Um. And then in Army Darkness, there was no bridge. Um, so, <laughs> whenever Mia gets possessed after coming back from the car ride, uh, they're freaking out and they're like, and I think Eric says like, "You don't get it. Like stuff's going on. I read this book. It's all in the book. It's in the text. Yeah, it's in the text that I studied um, because I'm a nerd. And glasses. Uh, yeah, look at the glasses." Uh, that's movie indicator for fucking dork. They're talking about it, and then. They hear Mia come out the room, and she's holding what? A, a shotgun. Our favorite thing, a shotgun. Um, stick. Yep. Puts the gun up, and they're like, no, no, no. And then, boom, barely. I, mean, he, I think she hits David, um, but they're all freaking out. Camera rushes to the cabin door in silence, which is a great move, because like you're just not expecting that. Silence. And when the doors bust open, Mia's screaming and saying, "Y'all are all gonna, you're all gonna die tonight." Um, and uh, so it says the there's five sacrifices. Yes, that must be made. Yep. And so that like gives that like not like in the first one that wasn't very understood, but this one it has to be done before the, uh, I guess uh, ribs Gumby Mia can come out and play. Um, she faints to the ground. They're freaking out. And they say, Olivia, get, you know, get the gun, get the gun. And when they do, evil Mia w wakes up and jumps on top of her. And then, just like in Sam Raimi fashion, vomits black liquid all over her friend. Um, they throw her off. She falls back into the cellar. When a, another favorite scene of mine is like, uh, they look down and there's Mia. They shut the cellar and boom, door, door jerks up. I mean, she's way down there and all of a sudden, boom. So they, they lock yeah. her up. Um... Olivia's freaking out, then goes into the uh, bedroom to get um, some tranquilizer. They think that's the only way to stop it. 
So while attempting to clean herself up, another great visual is when the mirror shuts and you see like half her jaw ripped off and then the mirror breaks. Olivia becomes possessed. Uh, she stops midways. There's a lot of clicking and bone sounds and then pisses the floor and they're trying to figure out what's going on with Olivia. Uh, nerdy Eric goes, checks it out and when, they, um, when he comes into the bathroom, he slips on a banana peel. Nope, it's Olivia's cheek. Once he fig <laughs> once he sees Olivia is taking part of the mirror and ripping off her face, she he gets brutally attacked. I mean, he got it the worst. By far. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like he got it terrible. But and I think a lot of that is punishment for reading the book. David then nurses Eric's wounds as Eric explains that he read the book and released something evil. Then Mia lures Natalie. Oh oh yeah, Olivia gets beat in with a um, oh yeah beats him with the with the, the back, back of the, the toilet. toilet yeah which is another brutal scene. Um, and then, like, her stabbing of Eric with that needle, you know, that was pretty pretty rough, too. Um, Still not as brutal as gouging Scott's eyes. No, no, no. They're, like I said, it, it is really done well, but, yes, there are some really rough, like, explosions of, like, eyeballs and orifices and things like that in the original. Mia lures Natalie into the cellar where she bites her hand, which is paying homage to the second movie where the hand got infected. Yeah. Mia sexually molest Natalie's thigh before planting a bloody kiss to her mouth after splitting her tongue with a box cutter. Uh, David opens the <laughs> trap door allowing Natalie to escape. The demon tells him that Mia no longer exists and that uh, I think that her sister's being raped in hell or something like that. Eric explains that according to the Naturum de Manto, the taker of souls must claim five souls in order to unleash the abomination, which is the Gumby Mia. Natalie, convinced that her arm is infected, amputates it with an electric knife, which I've noticed this in horror movies. If you see an electric knife being used, it's going to be cutting off someone's body part. Of course. That's rule well, number one. It's called Chekhov's electric knife. <laughs> if you introduce an electric knife cutting up some nasty-ass roast beef, it's going to be cutting off someone's fucking knee in Act 3. <laughs> Um, David patches up her wounded arm while Eric explains that Mia must be purified either by live burial, bodily dismemberment, or burning. The possessed Natalie then attacks the pair with a nail gun, which we all know nail guns don't do what this does, but it's still cool looking. Um, especially when she comes in and she's shot the nail gun into her head and she got like little nail horns. Yeah. Cool. So the possessed Natalie attacks him and then David shoots her other arm off. Natalie returns to normal but bleeds to death in David's arm, the demon playing tricks. I just want to mention real quick, I, I took notes as I was watching this movie for the podcast, and at this point, I was watching with my mom and my fiancé, <laughs> and uh, my mother said that uh, she's going to have nightmares. She said that during this scene. <laughs> When I watched it originally, it was like I was holding like my body back from impact um, because the some of the violence is pretty like visceral, not in the same way like the original one was. But there's just some like I mean, like we said, Eric gets it the worst. Like I mean, he gets his hands broken apart by a crowbar, and it looks very real. Yeah, um, and uh, it is tough. I, I like. Do you have any fun like, um, like weird notes you put <laughs> well back uh <laughs> i wrote olivia hand infected she cuts off her arm awesome awesome yeah, yeah. Like, great awesome. it's sad that like that's <laughs> that's what you do when you watch these movies you you sadly look for the blood and yeah oh and i wrote a uh, poor eric <laughs> yeah poor eric <laughs> the fucking nerd um should have never read books loser um <laughs> oh man david um incinerates olivia's corpse dismembers natalie's body and plans to burn down the cabin with mia in it now that is true uh and and a lot of stuff that is shown i think with this description is done with the extended version because a lot of that wasn't i don't think it was part of the original the yeah actual. in the original in the extended version they added yeah, the, uh, the, like the, the book. This memory. Yeah, they it was the just going to be burning. Yeah. It was just going to be burning the, the cabin. Yeah. So, um, 
But they had to get a uh, Evil Dead 2 yeah, Easter egg in there yeah, with yeah. The, the blood in the cabin. So, however, as Mia starts singing a song from their childhood, he changes his mind and decides to bury her instead. This is when uh, you think, oh, David's going to be Ash. Um, he's going to save the day. Um, he uh, then becomes like a hospital MacGyver with things. He gets like a battery and syringes and makes a homemade defibrillator and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, come on now. Come on, movie. Like, David barely has a personality, and now he can uh, make a, a homemade defibrillator. Eh. Anyway, so regardless, you sometimes you have to suspend disbelief. So <clears throat> David starts digging a grave, grave and tries to subdue Mia, who attempts to drown him. Uh, Eric intervenes, but is finally fatally stabbed. Eric, his suffering is over. Um, and uh, he gets Mia, puts her in this beautiful red dress, and buries her with a bag over her head. Um, the demon, like it always does, flips back to regular Mia, trying to get, you know, get him where he's like, oh, I'm gonna get her out. But instead, flips right back to evil Mia, um, which I thought was very effective. You know, if any of the other characters are just kind of throwaway characters, at least these two had a past, and you can kind of tell. You know. Yeah. They had trouble pass, but they had a pass. He buries her. Um, he's listening for the heartbeat. The the um, tree that lightning struck him was on fire finally gets doused out. You think, oh, it's over. Um, he gets her up, does the homemade defibrillator. Um, you know, you think she's done. He walks away, and then Mia wakes up. She's good. She says, hey, David, you didn't leave me. That's great. You're the best brother ever. Thanks for saving me from this demon. Um, they pack up. He's getting ready to leave the cabin, and uh, Eric, uh, who is an asshole, is now a deadite. And like uh, an asshole, a deadite fuck asshole. You, Eric. Yeah, yeah, fuck you, Eric. You ruined it all. And attacks David. He pushes me out, shuts the door, then shoots the gas can in which he's littered gas all over the cabin and sets fire to the cabin. Mia's upset, obviously, and then comes the scene. Like this is, I said. Hey. So when this, when this happened, I was like, yes. Like, I, I remember actually like cheering yeah, I was in, like, in the theater great. when I watched it originally. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is when awesome. When this happened. So, uh, the, so now there, there's five, there's been five, five sacrifices, sacrifices because yep. Mia, she died for mm-hmm. a small period. So she was one of the sacrifices. Yep. So uh, a drop of rain or at least you think it's rain falls on Mia's head but it hey that that rain's red what in the world red rain then blood rain blood pours from the sky the uh they used they used um what was it like air raid sirens to a really good effect in this movie I like I like the sound yeah. of air raid sirens it really warns you something bad's coming those start swelling and then Gumby Mia comes out of the damn ground um, this weird-looking, rib elongated creature and uh, starts attacking Mia. Um, but Mia's had enough, and she's going to try to escape or do whatever she can. Um, and as much, as much as I love this scene uh, with all the, the blood rain and the... Uh, there's a, a lot more... There's a lot of tension here. They do this really long chase... Yeah. sequence they where do. they're just kind of going back and forth yeah, yeah. Uh, running and hiding and but that's what uh, Fetty Alvarez does well I think as a director you know I think he does build tension like that um, you know she goes into the hole that grandpa was in kind of shimmies back into the shed and, and is um, which I like she's she's like freaking out and Jane Levy does a good job showing what you would feel like you know if you were there she's panicking she sees the chainsaw knocks the chainsaw and the oil down Fills it up, trying to crank it. Well, then the demon comes in. They do this really cool thing with a knife or a machete where it's, like, shooting through. She's, like, in the corner of something. Yeah, yeah, she's shooting through, and it it goes over her knee. Yep, it goes over her knee. It's really shades of Halloween, you know, something like that, like those slasher films. Um, She gets back out, is hiding under the Jeep. Demon flips the Jeep. Flips the Jeep. She tries to roll out from underneath, and her hand gets caught underneath the Jeep. Uh, demons slow. Well, no, we missed a part. The she's hiding under the thing with the chainsaw, and they she cuts the demon's leg off. 
Then the demon flips the truck. Mia's hand gets stuck underneath the vehicle. Um, It is slowly crawling around. And what does Mia do? I'm going to rip my fucking hand off. Yeah. Shades of of ash. Like like 72 hours. (laughs) She just ripped it right off. Um, And uh, gets gets the demon out in the open, which is crawling towards her. And... Does one of the most metal put, puts her little nub yeah into in the, the, <laughs> in the holder yeah and cranks that baby up and then does the most metal thing anyone could do and that is chainsaw that demon down the center. I wrote, I wrote in my notes uh, that she chainsaws the fuck out of the yeah, demon. Yeah, chainsaws the fuck out of that demon. Right now, this I mean, blood's coming down from the sky. Blood's pouring out of that. Uh, really effective. Um, and after that, the demon seeks back into the ground, um, and, uh, you know, the rain stops, and the sun comes out, and Mia's free and clear. She walks away, never to pick up heroin again. Happy ending. Happy ending. Um, and then there's, if you see the extended version, there's, like, a alternate cut with his other country guy picks her up. Country guy who is in the credits listed as Billy Bob. Billy Bob Thornton picks her up and says, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm big you up, little girl. Um, Take it to the hospital. Then, you, know, you know, I had a brother once. Put him in a, put him in a shoebox and buried him. Um, so anyway, that's a stupid movie, too. Uh, and then she wakes up, but there's nothing. It just kind of ends that way. There's no, like, hidden meaning behind it or anything. Well, suppose uh, I was reading, supposedly there is a sequel, or at least there was a sequel in the works. Yeah, and and I still think they're making a new movie. I've I've heard they're making a new Evil Dead, but it won't be the Mia continuation. Yeah, it, it would be an Army of Darkness too. Yeah. So and I, which I can't wait to see. I'm sure it's it's going to be awesome. Um, but that's the end of uh, the e- Evil Dead, 2013. Um, uh, like I said, it just my it just hits me in all the good spots. Uh, I love the imagery. I like the violence. Uh, and I'm normally not into like Saul or anything. I'm not into those torture porn ones, but it plays. I guess I can give it a little bit more leniency when it's like creatures of darkness doing it to people, than I can. Uh, well, I think I think since this, because I I like Saul all right, yeah. um, but for one, the editing and Saul really takes away from the actual. Yeah, that uh, that early that traps. late two thousand like hardcore rock with like weird. Yeah, colors and spinning cameras and yeah, uh, where where, the, you know this movie just puts the camera there and says enjoy. Yeah, and I, I mean, really is it is like candy for people that are into stuff like this and and uh, I, I I just I like Jane Levy as a character. I, I really loved her in Don't Breathe. I think she's great in that too. But there's something about her character that resonates in me, and I just I thought that was a good. Just her, her. I think if she wasn't in this movie, I probably wouldn't like it as much. I thought she really carried it. Oh yeah, yeah. and did a great job doing everything that you know some people could not do. Um, but and you can really tell just how much you enjoy this movie with how much more you went into the plot. I'm sorry. Yeah, I love the movie. I love. It. It's a great movie, and, and to be fair, there's not a lot of plot of the original Evil Dead. Um, it's very straightforward and but like the hardest thing is that like I blend all these movies together like especially the Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and it's hard to separate the two because really the Evil Dead 2 is a remake of the Evil Dead you know or a, a well, different it, take it begins yeah with a retelling yeah and then goes into its own thing uh, but for the most part it, it kind of still follows the mm-hmm. same the same beat of different things get possessed, deal with that problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best part of Evil Dead 2 is the... My favorite part of Evil Dead 2 is the when everything laughs at him. And he's laughing. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's the best scene. The deer, and then the books, and then the cabinets. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I do, like I said, I, I will always... I watch the Evil Dead 2013 every Halloween. That's my tradition. Uh, after the kids get to go trick-or-treating and they go to sleep, I eat candy and watch the movie. Um, it's my favorite horror movie of all time. I still... The thing about the original is uh, it is low budget, uh, which 
I didn't realize just how low the budget was. Well, I saw him here as yeah. only it was only three hundred and fifty thousand. I think dollars. it was lower than that. I think it's only a hundred thousand, and then they so it grossed two point four million in the U.S. and let's see, I saw it too. But yeah, three fifty yeah three hundred fifty thousand, and it it grossed two point seven million, which is a big thing. This this one was only seventeen million, I think. Which that's the good. Which thing. is still yeah. relatively low budget. Uh, maybe yeah. a little higher budget. Seventeen million, but made ninety seven point five million dollars. Yeah, which is a lot. Um, yeah, this film did very well. Did very well, and and I think Samantha Fetty Alvarez has a great. I mean, young eye in horror, thrilling or thrillers, uh, suspense movies. He's done done pretty well. There. But so, despite the first movie being so low budget, well, I think that low budgetness actually helps me connect to it more, um, because as somewhat of a filmmaker myself, uh, I mean, the effects are something that you can see and really just think to yourself, like, how did they do that? How did they get it to look that good? Yeah, uh, on a paltry budget. Yeah. Uh, on such a low budget. But at the same time, the effects are effective enough that it doesn't take me out of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still tense up when I see him stab the an- uh, see her stab her ankle, uh, gouging the eyes out, uh, blowing up her jaw. I mean, all those. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know if it's just because I'm spoiled by, like, modern movies and, and how television has become like movies, too, that I just, I don't know, I always I always have a hard time going back to, like, even older movies, like Jaws and all that stuff. I like them, but I even have oh, issues. Oh, Jaws. Yeah. Jaws is a whole other thing I get it. Yeah. That gave me nightmares. Yeah. I, I saw I, that way too young. <laughs> I, I don't know what my first true horror movie was. Um, when I was a kid, I, one day I'm gonna figure that out. Mara, when I f- figured out when I was older that Twister is not a horror movie, but it sure gave me nightmares yeah. as I, a kid. I think my first true horror movie was Gremlins, which is a lighter fare, but it was actually a pretty dark movie. That was a Joe Dante film. Um, but anyway, Evil Dead is a fantastic franchise that will continue on forever. Uh, I think it's just got such a huge fan base. Uh, I'm excited for anything in the future. Uh, ready for the game to come out. Um, but I'm I'm glad I finally, as a horror fan, finally decided to sit down and watch them all um, yeah. because they really they really are amazing weird films. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that the world's better off because of them. Thank you, Sam Raimi. My my fiance and my mom do not think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I've watched this with the with um, a grandmother and and uh, an ex of mine, and they were it was like they were like bracing for impact. They did not like it. Um, I, I love watching my fiance squirm. Yeah, it's great. So thank you, Fetty Alvarez, and uh, thank you, Sam Raimi, for bringing these visions to life. Um, you know, for uh, the Cat Scare podcast, uh, I'm Campbell. I'm Michael. And uh, we'll see you soon.